passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the eighteen that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to Raw. It is John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I am here. Yes, you are. It's been Hello. a while. It feels like a long time since we've spoken. It's only been a few days, Ooh. though. It has been exactly three days. Huge. Huge amount. Yes. Uh, how are you? How was your weekend? Weekend was okay. Um... You don't watch a bit of F1. This was a race weekend. What else did I do? Did you watch it live? Did you watch it late? When did you watch the race? I watched a bit late. I mean, my, my sleep schedule, it's it's really hard to, for me to time my sleeping pattern for, for it. So, like, I always intend to at least, like, sleep ahead of time. But then I end up staying up and I try to stay up for it. And I don't fall asleep until mid-race. So, you know, that I, I caught most of the race, but it was a bit of a struggle staying up. How about you? Um, I watched it in uh, pieces on Sunday. I watched it live for the first portion, and then all of a sudden, my son grabbed the remote, and uh, we were watching Mighty Pups. So that was a. Uh, it was not a. Hey, can I watch this? It was just <laughs> this is what we're doing. It's like all right. Mm. So that was it. And then later in the day, I sat down and uh, watched the 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 rest of it. So I knew I knew the for the second half. I knew about the whole uh, Carlos Sainz uh, engine uh catastrophe mm-hmm. but but did not know what exactly the cause of this was man it was it was pretty deep into the race i think it was like lap 55 of what 71 yeah his car basically um it was a little scary it was caught like, on fire they had the cameras on it and uh, th- these announcers like the it's just their blood is ice cold like they're just calling this as though you know it's like okay the uh there's some flames and then they they shoot it until there's like some concern and then they cut away they're like okay this is getting uh, pretty intense right now and mm-hmm. then they they went back but the problem was like the car was going in reverse as he's trying to get out of this car that the flames are starting to engulf this uh this car and anyway thankfully he he was out but looked um Looked very perplexed because you know it was a it was a potential one two finish for Ferrari and that late uh, you know sixteen laps to go it was unfortunate. Yeah, really. No, um, ended up being it gave it gave the uh, it gave the F one ESPN Twitter account the ability to write the headline. They had uh, Carlos Sainz sitting there despondent. It's Spain without the S. Oh goodness! Wow. That was a headline. I'm sure they were they were up all night, really patting themselves on the back for that one. Hmm. Yes. Anyway, that was it. Um, for my weekend, 
I just in general the race. Any, oh. any other uh, dramatic conclusions? I, I mean, dude, Mick Schumacher, he's coming on. I know it. It seems like it's Haas's season right now, especially Mick. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I never know if we should keep the F one talk at the beginning or, or save it till the end. Oh, you know, this is just, the end. This is all we're doing tonight. We just kind of broke it. into it after talking about my weekend. Uh, but how was your weekend, John? Uh, it was. It was all right. It was. Um, I'm, I'm trying to uh, piece together uh, the weekend. No, it was good. No, it was good. Very nice out. We got. Uh, uh, it was. It was. It was a birthday weekend for for Max. So we did a, a bunch of different things. Got him this. Uh, this like inflatable water slide that was uh, pretty much takes up our entire backyard. It's pretty sizable. It's uh, I saw a photo of this. This was this was incredible. Yeah, these things are tremendous. You can inflate it in like seconds, and then it, it deflates rather easy. It's so uh, you rent you rented it. Or you you have to buy. No, it no, buy no. Something. Bought it. Bought it. Oh yes. wow. Yeah. Oh, so you can so you can bust that thing out whenever. I yeah. I could I can bring it over. Way you're going to be the most popular, you know, house in the block. I'm sure. Maybe, yeah. I'm I'm going to charge admission if if any other kids want yeah, to use it. Of I mean, you got to make like, that money back. Are you that's kidding it. Me? That's it. This is an investment. This isn't a birthday gift. It's, that's it. I like it. Uh, so yes, no. I had, I had a very good weekend. It was uh, one that was uh, kind of enjoyable that we didn't have any uh, any shows to have to like any big big shows going on. So it was kind of mm. the calm before the storm that begins uh, this this weekend and extends for the next month. So um, that is all uh, coming up, folks. This week is the beginning of the G1, which means, number one, have you got your picks in for the post-wrestling G1 contest? The deadline is Friday night at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. You can go to postwrestling.com slash G1, and you can play against the entire listenership of post-wrestling. It is free to join, making your picks in all of the different matches, block winners. It is very, it's an arduous process. But of course, way it will also be the crowning of the E Block winner. And oh here, yeah! Here to declare his candidacy, John Pollock. Picks submitted, and I have joined the E Block coming for that title. This is a first time ever, isn't it? So not only can you play against all the other people who have entered, and again, it's free to enter. You can also play against me. You can play against John Pollock. So you get a bragging rights potentially to say I beat John Pollock. At a professional wrestling pool. Oh, you're assuming they're going to beat me. Well, we shall see. We shall see. That is part of the competition. I don't know how well how well these are going to work out. You you got to really, um, like I, I would be curious the work that some people put into this. I, I put in about uh, ten minutes worth. So, um, well, we know every year. Like if you just randomly guess things, I think you'd have a pretty decent chance of at least doing pretty well. So, well, there don't was worry. definitely some random guessings in in all of this. Well, I will say if you are a little bit clueless and you want to maybe get a bit of guidance, you know, about who might be in the running for, uh, to, to, to do well in the G1 this year, um, I know two people who might be putting together a little bit of a primer tomorrow on the Post Daily News update. That is right. Myself and Karen Peterson will be doing a entire preview of the G1 Climax Tuesday, 1 Eastern, YouTube.com slash Post Wrestling. We are going to go through uh, all of the participants, all the blocks how this whole tournament works for the people that are jumping on board now. This is uh, the drive to survive of Japanese wrestling tournaments, and you just uh, are going to be hopping aboard. So look forward to that uh, live Tuesday at 1 Eastern with uh, Karen Peterson joining me. Um, Also, um, in regards to our G1 podcast, they will begin this Saturday. It is going to be Wei Ting and Karen Peterson on Saturday, and then Wei with WH Park on Sunday. 
So all members at postwrestlingcafe.com will be getting all of our G1 podcasts that will encompass all of the events. They will all be covered in uh, various podcasts from now until August the 18th. So you can jump on board and you'll be getting two shows alone this coming weekend. Yeah, that in addition to our MCU later reviews, which we have our season finale for Ms. Marvel live this Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Rewind a Smackdown that takes place live Fridays at 11 p.m. Eastern. And then, of course, rewind away every other week, including, I mean, if you're disappointed, we cut off the F1 talk this afternoon. There will be plenty of F1 talk this week because we will be talking about Drive to Survive season one, episodes one to three tomorrow in the Post Wrestling Cafe. That's right. So look out for that Rewind Away on Tuesday evening covering Season 1, Episodes 1 through 3 of Drive to Survive. Have you sat down and watched any Mm-mm. of these episodes yet? No. Very, very easy watches, I will say. I think you will enjoy sitting back and watching these three. And um, yes, we will talk all about it on Tuesday. Uh, one, other, one other thing is that uh, I did write up a piece today uh, for cafe members up uh, 1,900 words on the Montreal screw job. I don't know why I did this to myself, but I, I sat down, I watched WWE rivals. And at the end of it, I was like, you know what? Um, I think I should write I, something. I haven't this. said enough. I haven't thought about enough. No, about no, that, that's what I felt the world needed today was another uh, 1900 words about the Montreal screw job. But uh, I was less than impressed with its coverage on, on rivals on, on Sunday night. I saw it. And I think very necessary, you know, uh, anytime it becomes a topic of conversation in the public eye, to maybe have a you know a bit more of an informed take from somebody such as yours, so I I thank you for that, John. Um, last thing here before we get to our review, Martin Bushby and Benno, th- those two are going to have a hell of a weekend because they are attempting a twenty four hour charity stream, and they will be uh, talking to various people, including myself, including various members of the post wrestling community. So. Um, I will probably put a link up. Uh, I mean, you can follow post wrestling at post wrestling and you'll probably find a link to it, but, uh, you will find out about it. Follow, uh, at Bushby zero one for all that information. Yes. This is going to be the most ambitious undertaking two individuals in the podcast space has, have ever undergone. This is going to be, uh, unbelievable. It's, it's kind of, you know, Martin's unofficial, um, going away. I would say from the podcasting world. Yeah. It might be by necessity after these 24 hours. I don't know if he'll have anything left. He will have recorded enough hours to really last, you know, two years, I would say. Remember when on say by the bell, they tried to save the max by doing one of those like 24 hour telethons. I don't remember, but okay. Okay. What was the end result of that? Did they save the max? Well, I, I'm just hoping that by, you know, hour 22, hour 23 of uh, Saturday's live stream that maybe uh, Mario Lopez shows up and gives Mar- them the, the big pep rally at the end to, to get everyone energized and light up those phones. Because the, Benno- the, bo- the big bopper, I'm sure, is going to be uh, Benno on this. Well, is Benno going to be addicted to caffeine pills and then start singing I'm so excited? I'm so scared. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be the, the, those two in tandem. But the good oh. thing about those caffeine addictions it's a it's a solvable addiction in 22 minutes, as, no, as they yeah, learned. That's what, uh, that's what Peter Engel t- t- taught us all as mm-hmm. young children. All right. We'll check all of that out. That information will be on the site, uh, and we will remind you throughout the week on our various shows. The best of luck to Ben Owen Martin, and I mean that sincerely. Mm-hmm. All right. So on that note, we get into Raw from Monday night at the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas. You think AT&T oh. have ever had a uh, – a 16 plus hour outage 
causing those in San Antonio to have no ability to uh, call for urgency, have any connection to the outside world. I wonder if that's ever happened. I, I do wonder. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhat possible. Um, I would hope not, because I think as as bad as it was for Canada, like if, if that happened in the U.S., I think it would be that much more catastrophic globally. Uh, it, it could be disastrous. Yes. A lot mm-hmm. of lessons learned. So we start off with uh, highlights of Roman Reigns appearing on SmackDown and Brock Lesnar is out to start the show stating God bless Texas. This was like a bit of a strange opening. You know, it's not unusual for Raw to cold open with a recap from something from a prior episode, including SmackDown or Raw. But this this recap was like nothing more than Roman being in the ring and saying two lines, one of which was when the tribal chief, something to the effect of when the tribal chief is on top, life is good. And like I'm watching this, trying to think like, well, what was the purpose of this? What are they setting up here? Um and it really was for no other reason than for Brock Lesnar to say, well, it looks like Roman Reigns is having a really good life. And that's Tied it. Tied it beautifully. <laughs> that's it. Like they, they decided to do all of that just to lead into this. This is the true genius the of the brand split. They can have conversations across brands. Yeah, but nothing was said. No. This was not really a conversation. It was like, you know, he said a couple words and I'm going to – um start my promo off uh, with the same few words well this promo by brock lesnar was brought to you by the word hog yes because roman is living high on the hog and there's a saying that brock thinks came from around here pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered and this crowd certainly reacted like we did not author that that slogan but go for it brock he calls roman a hog and Brock slaughters hogs on his farm every day. Every day he's killing mm-hmm. animals. What a well, he's a farmer. What a yeah. model citizen. And at SummerSlam, well, I mean, you eat, you eat meat. You and I both eat meat. Somebody has to unfortunately do that. Is he eating hogs on a daily basis? Is are people being fed? This sounds more like recreation. Um, you're saying he's killing hogs just for fun? If he's doing it daily, I don't think he's going on a steady diet of hogs. Well, he's not. He's he's probably doing it for. I mean, if he does own a farm, is he like freezing that, them, and he's just has a big. Well, you know, he probably sells. He's probably part of the you know food chain of uh, I don't know of meat. Yes. So maybe he's just selling them to a local market. If, I, I if, love if ever if ever there's a performer that needs a side hustle gig, it's Brock Lesnar to make a little extra scratch on the side. Well, clearly, his... he he loves it. I mean, the man grew up on a farm, works with his hand, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's maybe maybe, maybe that's how he's killing the the hogs with his hands. He... God, I hope not. That's that sounds awful. He says that. At SummerSlam, the tribal hog is going to get a country shit-kicking like he's never seen. So this this uh, main event has escalated to the level of uh, we're using shit to shit. sell this. Yeah. No, country shit-kicking. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan. Um, a, a Saskatchewanian country shit-kicking. Yeah. You know, I don't think about Saskatchewan when I think about the country, but yeah, sure. Paul Heyman walks out and Lesnar says, speaking of hogs, and Heyman calls this the most barbaric SummerSlam. 
and it plays to Lesnar's favor, having a last man standing match. The Usos are shown watching this in the back, and Heyman explains that Lesnar's legacy of annihilating people and leaving them for dead, um, that's his legacy. He puts people down for good. Lesnar doesn't care if he sends Roman Reigns to the hospital or the morgue, like he's a head kick by Mirko Krokop, and says that a hog slaughterer, an annihilator, uh, will be out for revenge against my tribal chief. And Heyman says how Lesnar is approaching, or sorry, Reigns is approaching 700 days as champion, and this is one streak that Lesnar will not conquer. I did like this line because it is the idea that there is something here at stake for Roman Reigns, uh, not just the championship, but this uh, this uh, this double digit, uh, this this triple digit streak that he is trying to reach, and he will do anything to prevent Reigns from losing, even. This is Heyman. Even if he has to train Roman to put his hand up Brock's ass and rip his heart out. Is there enough time between now and July 30th to teach this rare technique that seems out of Mortal Kombat and the ultimate game genie code for the ending? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't put know. Put your that one hand did. up his ass and rip the heart out. I mean, I'd love to see Heyman teach it. Um, how would he even showcase this? Maybe with a hog. Um, well, listen, it's a bit of a visual language here, you know. Uh, if you're a fan of Paul Heyman, maybe, maybe, maybe you'd be into it. Um, I, you know, he did the usual thing where he was really putting over the the attributes of the opponent. It almost felt like it was a Paul, like Brock Lesnar, pro Brock Lesnar type of uh, setting, or sorry, type type of promo. Uh, but of course, he, he kind of ends it with, um, "Wow, you're you're so great, you're so scary, you're so devastating." But my guy is going to, um, I'm going to have to teach my guy to be his best to beat you. That sort of thing. You know? It was like it was Paul Heyman playing Brock Lesnar's manager, but they inserted the caveats to keep it as though he is representing Roman Reigns. I will he say this. both between, guys. Between yeah. Friday and Monday, I do feel like Heyman is carrying the load of setting up this, this match for the end of the month. Theory comes out, and he explains how, once again, he's going to cash in at SummerSlam, and they roll footage of Theory being F5'd off the top of the pod at Elimination Chamber by Brock, and it was so gruesome that they they cut to black before Theory made impact on the floor coming off of this pod. And Theory has not forgotten about this from all the way back in February. And with that, Alpha Academy appear ringside. Lesnar refers to them as cockroaches and challenges the two. Otis enters, but Gable comes from behind with a chop block. But Brock does not leave his feet. He reattaches his ACL and makes his comeback, destroying both. He attacks them with steps chairs belly to belly to gable i was freaked out that he was going to try this onto otis but thankfully he just f5'd otis onto the desk and that ended the segment uh with brock slaughtering these hogs mm-hmm. yeah you know it, it was a promo that i think um was you know at least interesting um very visual and um, probably something you wouldn't have been a fan of if you're a vegetarian um, but the live crowd in Texas seemed to re- really be into it. I have to say, you know, we're getting to the I point mean, I mean, now. he chose he chose his location for this type of promo. Right. I have to say, like, I think we're getting to the point in this feud where I, I'm just getting so much, like, 
deja vu from it that it does not seem at all fresh or that interesting. You know, it's not like they've really come up with like too many different angles about what's really at stake this time around that's different from what was at stake at WrestleMania. So it just kind of feels like, like, you know, these are segments we've seen over and over again for years now. Yeah. I, I think the lack of a, a breathing room between, be, between WrestleMania being so definitive and that WrestleMania was not so long ago. And now we're just hitting replay. That's it, it's tough what they have going against them. This was obviously not the planned direction, but one where it's now just trying to make this feel as big as possible, but you're coming off like that exact promotion for WrestleMania. This is the, the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Mm. And it was a very, you know, average match with a conclusive finish to it right right they are but you know i would at least hope that they would be going through a a bit of a different playbook this time around with you know some different wrinkle in the story that they're telling theory that's that's the wrinkle that they have in this and i don't know how much that's shitty wrinkle well that's they're they're pushing Uh, that as hard as anything for the show is the idea that one of the winner will be how is that supposed to make me more interested in the result of this match? You're basically telling me the result of this particular matchup has it does not matter whatsoever because the real match is set to take place afterwards. Yeah, they're promising you the title change. You're at least heavily dangling that in, in front of you. So why should I give a shit about Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns? Um, can they... Uh... Can they have a leg to stand on at the end? It's not. It's not like theory has like you know an advantage with one guy over, like over another. No, he said it does not matter who wins. That's literally part of his talking points every week. It doesn't matter if it's you or Roman Reigns. The winner is going to be destroyed. Right. So, you know, I understand why they went with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns to a mainstream viewing audience. It is probably the biggest match that they can make with the pieces that they have given, but um. Man, like there's at least this week, I don't I don't think that much unique interest if you're somebody who's who watched prior, you know, uh, for WrestleMania and whatnot. Next was Rey Mysterio, who is with Dominic taking on Finn Balor and Damian with Damian Priest in his corner. And they do a promo segment in the ring where they note that in two weeks time at Madison Square Garden for Raw, it's going to be promoted as Rey Mysterio's 20th anniversary in WWE. And they did stipulate in WWE. We're not imagining this was his uh, fictitious debut. Uh, Just descended from the skies 20th anniversary in the big leagues okay that's how they should be promoted minus a hiatus here or there and uh you know the the lucha underground years and triple a and all that but eh, 20 years give or take let's round up he's been here and priest says that ray is done he's washed and you have nothing to offer dominic you're just an old mask with tired tricks they have more to offer for Dominic because we will decide the future of this industry. And Balor says Edge is also a legend. And look what happened to him as they replay the attack. Balor says Edge is never coming back. So you know what that means. And he was a bad leader. And Ray is not just a bad leader. You're a bad father. And the Mysterios have heard enough. They just sat here for like five minutes being on the bad end of a diss track. And finally, they attack. And Priest just yanks Balor to the floor to get him away. And we come back with with the match. But uh, what did you think here of Balor and Priest? Um, It was was okay. 
Like it was okay in that it was a, a WWE speak type of promo. You know, this like a couple weeks in, into this like a uh, Judgment Day thing now with the with the Finn Balor rebrand. I, I suppose you can say that it's an improvement over what they had with the Edge, where at least the promos aren't as um, low hanging uh, fruit, or like somewhere like between sci-fi and like children's TV. You know. This uh, at least, but but you know this as much uh, like it's not that as bad, but it is like I found awfully generic. You know the voices just feel very generic. Becky Lynch. Oh, sorry, I skipped over the entire match. Uh, they come back. Balor is working on the back, and then the knee of Ray after knocking him off balance off the top. Dominic's checking on Ray. Comes back, and Ray hits a sliding sunset flip to the floor onto Balor, and Ray hits this top rope Hurricane Rana that look awesome. Follows with a six one nine. Ray's limping to the top, misses the frog splash, tries for a crucifix, and then Balor takes control, uh, drops him, and hits the coup de grace for the clean pinfall victory and the way i kind of was imagining this goes is maybe edge's return is the the big anniversary with with ray and that is where Hmm. edge and ray get linked up that's the go home show for SummerSlam, and you can you can save the announcement of you know edge's involvement till you know a couple days before SummerSlam. but that would that would seem like an opportune time for edge to appear and maybe you do obviously the x factor is dominic and how he fits into this Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would make sense. You know, they did bring Edge's name up in the attack this week and uh, they've been teasing Edge with all of his prior, mm, I suppose, associates. But uh, we haven't really had any hints hints towards Ray yet. So mm, that that could make sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Maybe Edge will come back with a turtleneck. Ooh. All right. Becky Lynch is out and she says she was devastated after not winning money in the bank and she lost her mind a bit and compares live winning the uh, cashing in to winning the lottery. But Becky doesn't need to win the lottery because I work my ass off each week for a paycheck. She doesn't want a handout to get this uh, to get this title. So she won her no holds barred match and should have been named the number one contender. But instead, Carmella is getting a rematch. So even she's pointing, poking the holes in uh, this logic. She didn't get a rematch after WrestleMania when she lost the title and demands one for SummerSlam. So she uh, is here ringside for Bianca Belair and Carmella, the rematch for the Raw Women's Championship after the uh, the controversial finish at Money in the Bank. What was the controversial finish? Uh, it was a clean KOD. Like what the what? <laughs> it was like, um, it was as non-controversial as you could possibly present so, your challenger. So how did they justify this? Are, are we getting automatic? That, that was sort of the, the idea here. Was like this is a bogus rematch that um, Becky had. Your heel Becky has made perfectly clear points that you should side with her over. And Carmella just got this rematch because, because they don't even attempt to explain like the 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 reason why she no. she has a rematch here for the title. None. I mean, that was kind of part of it here. It's like, why did she get a rematch? But Bianca just faces all challengers. She just looks at the whiteboard and sees, hey, I've this is who I'm facing tonight. Hmm. All right. Sure. Whatever. Carmella drop kicks Becky, uh, sending her into the buckle, and then a high cross attempt is caught by Bianca and turned into a deadlift vertical suplex. As Jimmy Smith says, 99 times out of 100, 
cross body off the top, match is over. <laughs> this is that one time way, that one time that that high cross off the top, match continued. Somebody must out there must have a fin- uh, high 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 cross as a finisher. I'm yeah, sure. well, usually it's uh you know you create a wrestler and you just default finisher there. Maybe he's cross. been only watching wrestling from like I don't know the 1970s, where like a move like this was incredibly rare and maybe justified as a finisher. Bel Air lifts her up with the double underhooks, but Carmella rolls her up to counter, and then on the second try, drops Carmella. Bel Air stops a super kick and dumps her onto the buckle. Is going for the KOD, and it's countered in midair into a face buster for a near fall by Carmella. They went for more near falls, and I would say they mapped this match out to be more dramatic than the Money in the Bank match that I didn't sense much drama at all. The problem was this was a crowd that was just. Um, as confused as you were as why Carmella had this match and were just very quiet, I would say, for most of it. Um, they go to the floor and Carmella rakes the eyes of Bel Air. And then Bel Air, who's blinded by this, shoves Carmella into the post, but she's still trying to see. And she rolls Carmella into the ring, I guess out of instinct. And then Becky Lynch walks around the ring and Belair now can magically see Becky and is distracted by her. My vision's back, but now I'm in the fog of Becky Lynch and I just can't get back into the ring. So she's counted out. Like, yeah. What the? What was okay. this? Well, I think the idea was uh, she was so confused by having her eyes attacked on the floor that she somehow managed to lose count. I mean, it was the combination of the eyes getting attacked and also Becky Lynch distracting. But Carmella really should have attacked her ears because surely she could still hear the count, right? You know, she should have really raked the ears or just, you know, like – Something I like mean, that. I mean, maybe, maybe that was a poor, that maybe that was a subtlety we didn't quite uh, narrow in on. Yeah, perhaps. Um, weak finish, you know, weak finish. I thought these two like were trying hard and and did have like a pretty interesting, fun match laid out with a lot of interesting sequences. I, I thought they had on. a lot more ideas than the pay per view match that just seemed to be just you know nothing. It was just such a flat match to me. I thought they had more here, and I guess obviously this is extending the program or else you would not be doing a finish like this. Although well, I, we I, know what they do. Like they like to rematch the, the shit out of everything, you know, until just to kind of bridge us over until the real match uh, at, at the pay-per-view. So we're, we're going to get at least one runner match between Bianca and Carmella um, just so they can hold Becky off. So, Throughout the weekend, they promoted uh, Bobby Lashley holding an open challenge for the U.S. title and Riddle taking on Theory. And in the graphic, they just noted it's Lashley and Riddle against Rollins and Theory. Dude, like I was doing the Post Daily News update with Kate today, and um, they had Theory versus Rollins up there. By the time I was finished editing, and Th- Theory and Rollins or Theory and Riddle? Sorry, Rollins and sorry, Riddle and Theory. Yes. Whatever. Riddle in theory was up there. And by the time I had hit upload and was about to close my browser, the, the thing was gone, just vanished into thin air. So that's you know, where plans go. <laughs> yeah, really. So, yeah, yeah this you is, this unpredictable. Is, unpredictable. It, 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 completely unpredictable. I, I don't know why they bother. Like, don't even preview the show. Just say, like, wrestling will occur. Or you put a question mark at the end of the announcement. Yeah, yeah. They try their best. You know, I do feel bad for the people like who write these things on dot com. Like it's embarrassing for them. 
So, oh, I mean, it's l- listen, like the the writing staff, the people who have to promote this. It's just like, dude, they're it's out of their control. It's just yeah. uh, you know, you get you get the word, hey, um, someone didn't like this, and instead we're gonna do this instead. Oh, we promoted this for a week. Yeah, we're not doing it. No, at are this gonna, point, like, are we going to explain it? No, no, we're just going to change it. At this point, they should just preview it, like you know who's going to appear, like SNL. You know when when they say like, oh, such and such is going to guest host, you're going to see this band. That's all you have to do. Just say, um, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to be there, or uh, Bobby Lashley in action. Well, you don't know that. You can't even guarantee that. You might not have the match. So. Action can be multiple things. I mean, he's going to physically move to the ring at some point. Speaking is an action. Breathing is an action. Okay. Lots of a wide range of descriptions that can be available to you. Uh, Edge vignette ran. And later in the show, they aired a more updated one that had, uh, what did we see? Mick Foley's flannel. We saw John Cena. A uh, piece of merchandise, the RKO T-shirt. Yes, um, a chalice with blood in it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm so tying all this. Maybe it's Gangrel. Oh, Who else could it be? Um, uh, that that links all those things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, uh, hmm. Maybe it'll be um, uh, Jim Johnston. Oh. Yes, Jim Johnson walking out with the these, He's coming back. New the themes fire. for everybody. Okay, that's awesome. Ms. TV with guest Champa. Champa's mission on this on this brand. He wants the eyes of the world on him, and no one commands the people's attention more than the Miz. So I'm completely using you, dude, for attention on me. And Miz is all he's down for this idea. He loves it. I like that they like. You know, they've had weeks now. One of my big complaints, I think, last week was the fact that, like, Ciampa's been, like, helping the Miz out for weeks and weeks and weeks without any real explanation. We don't know why they're together. So they come up with an an explanation here. And it's basically, oh, this guy's really famous. And uh, I need to. I want TV time. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. That's really the best that they could come up with. No, no, like, prior association or, like, I don't know. Nothing deeper than that. Oh, this guy, (laughs) this guy's on TV. And I need to be on TV too. I used to watch Real World, and one Mike Mazanin really jumped out of the screen at yeah. me. And ever since, I realized that to succeed in my real world, I needed a role model like Mike Mazanin. So Miz explains that he's also guided the social media icon Logan Paul. And this is that's the type of thing Ciampa wants. So Ciampa's aspiring for the attention that Miz receives and the... The influence of Logan Paul. Paul wants to be the next Logan Paul. Clearly, he wants to be a Paul brother. You know, go like get a YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know, celebrity boxing, getting a number of controversies, and uh, yeah, yeah, of. have an entire country that wants absolutely nothing to do with you. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, Paul has a response. He doesn't want to be the Miz's partner, and he's coming for the Miz at SummerSlam. And Miz knows Logan is just drumming up publicity. And he gives him one last chance to retract his statement, take my offer, and we'll become the tag champions. Or I'm going to find someone else. So Miz clearly not keeping up with anything going on with the tag title picture and that a match has been signed for SummerSlam. So I don't I don't know what Miz is pitching here at this point. I guess he's just looking for maybe at a house show we'll pick up these tag titles. AJ comes out. And points out how Miz has to get others to fight his battles because you're not brave. And he goes on to say, 
It's the actions of a man who is a coward with tiny, tiny balls. And I was hoping that this crowd would just be as muted as they had been most of tonight. But then a tiny balls chant erupts. And it was at that moment it all made sense to me why WWE Shop has created a new Miz shirt that has has the hello name tag that reads, hello, I have massive, massive balls. And knowing that, yes, there are humans that will buy this shirt and there are humans that will wear this shirt where other humans will look and see that you are wearing and have purchased this shirt about having massive balls. Right. Yeah. I don't doubt like, um, like you remember the it store, you know, a hot topic, I suppose, you know, for our American friends, like joke shirts are, uh, are a thing. You can at least, uh, you know, be guaranteed to, you know, like, um, sell at least five or 10 copies of something like this as a gift. I mean, I would think that these would be more gifts, you know, than than actual people buying for themselves i i think what's your reaction if someone got you this as a gift to me to me is like the gag gift once the gag gift is like over five dollars it's like all right this is i could, just, I could have really used this thirty dollars for something else it's you like know? this is a complete utter waste of money and I mean, my time I wouldn't be rude. I mean, I I would laugh. I would. I think I would give you the intended response of the gift. It'd be a nice moment for everybody at the party. I would feel too obligated, and I I would just be. You know what? You missed. You missed on this one. The this ne- a poor gift. <laughs> the next time somebody gets you like a joke T-shirt, because somebody will in your lifetime, I'm sure. Maybe somebody will buy you this very shirt. You know, at the end of the year, John. Um, I, It'll I be want returned. you. I want you to just yell at this person, just like chastise this person for a terrible waste of resources in this, uh, you know, very difficult economy. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'll stare them right in the face and I'll just yeah. ask them, are you aware how many children are starving? Well, I mean, you can buy a tank, you could buy a quarter tank of gas with the price of that shirt. Yeah. The world's problems. And you spent $30 on this shirt. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Ezekiel comes out. It's just a mishmash of just everyone in this segment. He introduces himself to AJ. They have not met. And Elias was a big fan of AJ. And he talked to Adam Pierce about making this a tag match instead of a handicap match. AJ agrees to team with him, and we get the Miz and Ciampa against AJ Styles and Ezekiel. Miz and Ciampa against AJ and Ezekiel, yeah. Yeah, man, uh, Ezekiel is just, I feel like just kind of floating from like, you know, thing to thing uh, and still waiting for Kevin Owens to return. Dude, I bet you he's texting Kevin Owens every day. 
How are you like checking on him? Are you how good? You are you how, yeah. like percentage wise? Just tell me like you know, at the NHL you? draft, um, yeah. moving around pretty gingerly. Uh, can you get on an airplane? Yeah. Like, can I, I mean, pick you up? We'll drive cross country. Do you want to at least like shoot a, a video on your cell phone that you can send to me that I can respond to perhaps? I'll fly you know? there, Kevin. You don't have to yeah. leave your house. Yeah. He is floundering right now without KO. This, um, this match to me was just, um, like long, um, there was a long heat spot on Ezekiel, and this this was not entertaining. Uh, Jimmy Smith remarks, "Look at this huge crowd we have, and it was a pretty sizable crowd. They had like over seventy five hundred people here, and they're all chanting for Zeke, dude. You could not hear a peep from this crowd when he pointed this out. I was like, who who is yelling Maybe Zeke? The, the, like- the voice in your ear right now that's telling you Zeke? That's the <laughs> yeah. only person that was saying Zeke at this moment." Maybe it was like the five people right behind Jimmy Smith that were standing right there. And so they were yelling, geek, geek. I doubt that. I don't think anybody would yell that. AJ gets the tag and he hits a pump handle into a gut buster. Skull crushing finale gets counter with an Ushiguroshi chomp is in to make the save. Then Ezekiel tosses chomp out styles rolls to the calf crusher in the corner and Chompa returns and attacks AJ breaking the calf crusher. And the referee just calls for the bell. It's a DQ. Corey Graves can't understand this finish. He's like, this is ridiculous. He's the tag partner. And AJ lands a forearm to chomp on the floor as Ms. Hobbles up the ramp, leaving Chompa and ending this segment. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I have nothing to say. It was just to me, it was a long amount of television time for nothing all that engaging. So at this point, like with most WWE TV matches, I recognize like there's a certain standard of action that like I think is I think is that you could at least say is decent. Okay, and I suppose that depends on like what you're comparing it to. Maybe I'm like in my (laughs) for me now. I'm comparing it to the history of professional wrestling, of all the wrestling that I've seen. The standard that we're at right now, I think, is at least better than the average that I've I've seen throughout my lifetime, which includes like 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 generic like TV wrestling from the '90s. This was better than that in ring, but it's just it's just not memorable at all, and um, for no stakes. It's really just kind of action for the sake of action. Um, and I think at this point, most people need a bit more than that, you know, to keep their attention. So um, I don't know. Maybe some people are still enamored just by like, imagine if like, you know, we're, we're watching F1, John, you and I, and there's they're they're racing for no reason. There's no points involved. There's it's no points like, this week. guys. <laughs> yeah, they're like, just they want to just, you know, once go a for month. a drive. Like once a month on a, a, a streaming service that you have to pay extra for, you get to watch the races that actually have points attached to them. The rest of the time for five hours a week, you're just going to get races where they're going around in circles. You might not even necessarily get a finish line. OK, sometimes it's just the track. They're just like going around in circles and um, no strategy, like nothing. It's just they're racing. And mm-hmm. You might really, some of us might really like just, you know, oh, oh, look at the engine. Look at the wheels go. This is really impressive. Look, look at how he's turning the corner. That's really impressive. But I would say the vast majority of people would not give a shit. And that's what you have most of the time when you're watching WWE TV. 
these matches are meaningless. And only if you really like the, I just the, the action speaking of action, you know, just of like people doing moves, then you might be entertained. Let me go a step further and your hypothetical race. That means nothing. No points are at stake, but you still sit down and you watch it way. And on lap 58 of 65, someone runs out onto the track and they just wave it off. They're like, the race is over. Like, you're not even going to give me a winner for the pointless race. No, it's just, it's over. We'll, we'll do this again sometime. Okay, someone see, ran on. There's a DQ. Hold on a second. Well, see, because, because that happens so rarely, I, it would be news. Like, it would actually be a, somewhat of a, you know, significant moment. But imagine if that happened, like, every other race. <laughs> you know, like, you might watch a race and then somebody will just Oh, my run God. Out there. Dude, someone's going to win this race. I think so. Nope. 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 They threw it out. Or like Max Verstappen's theme song plays and like all of a sudden everyone stops their car and they've just got to turn their head and be mesmerized by the sound of Max Verstappen's odd playlist on Spotify. And then, yeah, it could be DQ. These race, these drivers are idiots. (laughs) Why are they stopping? They were going at such a high rate of speed and now everyone has stopped. So anyway, that, that was this that was this match. And by the end, by the end of this, what we have to look forward to is AJ Styles versus The Miz, uh, potentially at SummerSlam. So it's not a combination. Well, I or not at SummerSlam, I should say. Well, what is the match? It's it'll be the Miz. The match will Logan. be Miz and AJ in multiple combinations for another month plus. The match at SummerSlam is probably going to involve. I mean, they really are seem to be pushing like Miz and Logan Paul. One on one. So I guess your only question is if they actually go through with that or they feel the need to have a Ciampa and AJ involved, which would improve that match. So I guess, it, I mean, yeah, it would probably be Ciampa and The Miz versus Logan Paul and AJ Styles. Is that it? Is that the team? If it's a tag yeah, team? And, and maybe uh, Ezekiel is, um, I, I don't know how the hell he fits into this. Maybe he's, um, maybe he can't tell Logan and Jake Paul apart, thinks they're twins. Interesting. Maybe they're the same person. None of that's interesting. Bobby Lashley is with Riddle as they prepare for their tag match tonight, which they only found out about a few hours ago because they were preparing for separate matches tonight. And Riddle wants to watch Stranger Things with Bobby, and he's scared about Vecna. And Riddle, who certainly would be a Dustin, I think people would make that comparison too. Are you Um, caught up? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm on like episode five. So in about 28 hours, I'll be caught up to all of the episodes. I mean, like I need to like set my alarm to find time in the day to watch these episodes. They are incredibly long, but, but it is very good. I can understand Kate Bush. What a, what a gift this franchise has been for her. Sounds like it. Yeah. I've been hearing about people. um, The cure, the cure for Vecna. That's a max. uh, Okay. Different max. Uh, them for stopping. Lashley's already watched Stranger Things, so he can't watch it with Riddle. Alexa Bliss and Asuka against Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make the same points again, but this was largely pointless. Uh, Graves explains that this just isn't the same Alexa Bliss as the Alexa pre-therapy. She left something on the couch. She's just not as aggressive anymore. So, so I found that at least um, 
you know, pretty interesting because this entire time that Alexa Bliss has come back on this run, like her character has been incredibly flat. I can't tell you what, what the character is about other than the fact that she claims she has no friends. She walks out with the doll, but I, I, I don't even have like a semblance of any sort of arc. So this, at least like what Graves said here, at least told me that, okay, they're at least going to tell the story of her, like not being who she used to be. She's going to, you know, get her groove back somehow. But then well, the match occurred. She, she dude, wins. She won clean. She hits a, the, the non-aggressive Alexa bliss who left something on the couch months ago, just DDTs Nikki, pins her, and then on top of it, she smiles and hugs Asuka, this this friendless, uh, non-aggressive, therapy-affected Alexa Bliss. And Graves' point was just pointless. Right. So who like so it's got to be Vince feeding him this these lines, or like I don't know, maybe it's in the the, the rundown or something. But then, like, why why was the match booked like this? Like, it, it feels like they were telling two different stories, you know, or or one person was at least telling a story and the other person was not telling any sort of sort of story whatsoever. Maybe they're not sure and they want to keep their options open. God, maybe. I don't know. But it just seems like they're very clueless about what to do with Alexa Bliss at the moment. And it's a real shame because, you know, she's one of the few stars that they have in the division. And it's just week after week now, it's. Uh, there's just nothing to latch onto. What what a what an underlying story about how therapy's taking the edge off of Alexa Bliss. Yeah, yeah. Right. Don't go to watch. Therapy. Watch out, folks. Therapy. It's not all it's cracked up to be. Bottle your feelings inside because <laughs> it could really do a number on your career. Great. Uh, the Usos. Uh, they show the highlight of them retaining over the Street Profits at Money in the Bank with. Ford's shoulder off the mat. So the Usos come out. They run Raw. They run SmackDown. The Prophets are just whining and crying. The Prophets come out. And then R-Truth shows up in the city of brotherly love, San Antonio. And he goes over all the different fields he has certifications in, including as a referee and reveals a referee shirt. And he wants to audition to be the referee at SummerSlam. Uh, dude, this guy was pretty entertaining, I thought, here, doing all the referee mannerisms. And just it was completely ludicrous. But at this point in the show, I just wanted something, anything. And, and this crowd was like, this guy's funny. And Jimmy calls him a clown ass. And Truth gets serious and says, you want to fight this clown ass? And he challenges both Usos with my partners he has in the background with the Street Profits. And then Omos enters with MVP. Dude, this felt like the most, like, mystery vortex edition of Raw I've watched. Like, this feels like a show that was just torn up this afternoon. And they just put the pieces back together. And we had to come up with ridiculous explanations for these people being aligned and to MVP's credit he explains we were watching our truth on the monitor and decided to come out and Omos Omos wants to be the special referee at SummerSlam why why he's shooting for the stars of can I be the referee at could you imagine this guy with all those near falls we saw at the last pay-per-view and this guy going up and down counting three could you imagine this guy refereeing a match at any high intensity you know, he there's, would a die. A, there, there's a bit of a curiosity for me to see it. Well, yeah. he wants to pair up with the bloodline tonight and then they attack the prophets and truth. And we come back with a match. Now I want to tell you, because I didn't know if this could be done on time. There were 20 minutes left in raw and I was 40 minutes behind. It was the first time I was looking. I was like, I might not finish this on time. 
I finished with time to spare. Yeah. So, no, no problems whatsoever. It was fine. So we have this six man tag, huge stakes. The profits go for these pescados to the floor. Dawkins just like sails past Jay. It looked like he just crashed onto the floor. He just like leaped into the air and plop goes right to the floor. They get the heat on truth. Ford comes in leaping blockbuster, but the Topicon hero gets stopped by Omos profits and Ram Omos into the post. Ford lifts up Jimmy on his shoulders and Dawkins goes for a spinning elbow off the top. Truth comes in for the five knuckle shuffle, which Omos stops again. And then, after disposing of uh, Truth, Omos gets into the ring, lifts up Angelo Dawkins for the tree slam, and Omos, who's hoping to be the referee, pins the guy who is going for the tag titles in three weeks. And that and that was that. Th- this was where we got a finish. Thank you. Yes. Well, uh, come on. You can't have a non-finish with Omos in there. So, um, I mean, Dawkins, I suppose, just can, he can lose <laughs> as many times as he wants. Sure. And- He's still going to be a contender. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't pin truth. Truth is, you know, off limits. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe that's the big program that Omas has, uh, for, you know, our truth. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sorry. I don't have that much to say about the match. You know, it was just a match. Um, I don't really have much of a sense of the direction that they're going to with Omas other than, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's another iteration of profits versus the Usos. So we're going to get uh, three more weeks of this until we get the rematch. I think people are interested in the rematch after Money in the Bank. I think I'm that- interested in the rematch. I'm not at all interested in the TV where we're going to get these mindless, repetitive combinations of these teams over and over again. I've had it now for like three three months, it feels like. Kevin Patrick speaks with Seth Rollins. Um, Rollins starts talking about Ezekiel. I don't know what Ezekiel had to do with any of this. Um, it jokes about him being uh, Ezekiel, Elias, or, or El Gigante. And then segues over to Riddle, who is actually involved in the match tonight, asking if he's a savant, thinking on a higher plane, or just an idiot bro that Randy felt sorry for. Riddle is riding on the, can't ride on the coattails of Orton anymore, and if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Just ask Cody Rhodes. And Theory walks in and asks for advice from Seth about cashing in, and Rollins says he's come to the right person. Come with me. And they leave. That you know, playing with fire and getting burnt line is really interesting um, because, of course, Cody Rhodes played with fire and got burnt. Very literally. Yes. Yes, he did. In a different company. That's right. Logan Paul has a response for The Miz that he filmed during Raw. You are delusional and they are done. He wants him one on one at SummerSlam and I'll be there next week on Raw. And that's going to be awesome. You know, I'm I'm sure they will. They're thinking right now about how to craft that segment to ensure that Logan Paul gets a positive reaction. Thus far, we have only seen him in these videos, um, so we don't exactly know how these crowds are going to respond to him. But I have to imagine that they'll they'll be trying really hard to frame the segment to get him to be cheered. So we'll see. And a lot invested in Logan Paul. This is not just a one-off for WrestleMania. I mean, they have a long-term plan with Logan Paul. And they are in Tampa next week. And yeah, we will see what the... Um, I think that segment takes a lot of like careful crafting that they get the desired response for Logan Paul. And then the main event, Bobby Lashley and Riddle against Seth Rollins and Theory. 
uh, to set up the commercial break, Dolph Ziggler's music plays and he comes out and just sits ringside as we go to break with the hook of why is Dolph here? And I think people were asking that question. I don't know if there was a great anticipation for the answer. It's just a question that went through their head. Yeah, I mean, every time Dolph Ziggler comes out, he's got like a different character and different identity. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this would have been a great hook for like main event or I, for NXT. I, th- I found it interesting. Yeah, on Raw, I'm not sure. Rollins hits an inverted superplex onto Riddle, and then Theory does a roll into the ring into a neckbreaker on Riddle as Corey Graves compares Theory to a bird of prey like an osprey. And then Lashley comes with with, uh, Rollins and uh, gets him on his shoulders going for the Stormbreaker, also like an osprey. And Theory makes the save. There's a rolling elbow by Rollins. And then he lands the frog splash on Lashley for a two count. Riddle is tagged in, does his Randy spots to Theory and goes for the RKO. But Rollins pulls Theory to the floor. Lashley then spears Rollins through the barricade. And then an A-town down and RKO get countered. Theory uses the rope for leverage on Riddle when Ziggler gets up and knocks Theory's legs off the rope. And Theory looks around. He's stunned at Ziggler. And this... Leaves him open for an RKO and Riddle pins Theory. And the show goes off the air with Ziggler entering the ring, super kicking Theory. And Dolph's music plays leading to the most unlikely extra to the show as Corey Graves signs off stating Dolph Ziggler is back with authority. Mm. Didn't think Raw was going to end that way. No, I didn't think so either. No. Uh, Adrian in the chat brings up how didn't Ziggler and Rude attack Olmos at MVP? Why was there no follow-up? It's a very interesting question. I mean, no, it's at least not. Up in- uh, why was there no follow-up? I am I am stunned. Yeah. I am stunned by that. So, yeah, a direction I did not expect, you know, to pick all people. Uh, they chose Dolph Ziggler to presumably take John Cena's place at SummerSlam for Austin Theory. Is this what's going no, on? No, Theory's facing Lashley. Oh, okay. Never mind. So this is just the bridging program. Yeah, I, I don't know where Dolph Ziggler fits into all of this, but obviously he's he's attached somewhere in, in all of this. He's facing the, man. Lash, I, Lashley and Theory are doing the rematch for the United oh, States title. Wow, I must have must have forgotten. Mm-hmm. So that's a rematch too. Yes. God, wow. <laughs> okay. Dude, this, this Raw was it was just uh, the main event was actually a, a good match. Um, but who cares? I, like there's, there's like a million good matches. Like giving like what what's it for? Um, to find out what are, Dolph was here for. Are you like like would you honestly like take the time out of your schedule to watch this match because it was a good match? Um, the main event. Um, if I was sitting down and someone said, "Hey, that." The that best match it. on the this show was, was the match. main event. I, I, yeah. would, I would probably check out the main event on the show, maybe. Yeah, I guess I, 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 I guess I'm beyond that. You know, like there needs to be another reason to to hook me. You know, like if it was even 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 if it had a significant story attached to like, or if it was a first time pairing, perhaps like just something that was a bit unique that answered some sort of curiosity. I just don't. I didn't think this tag match had like what what was this answering. Who's going to interrupt it by the end? If I missed Raw and I said, wait, what happened on Raw? What would you, what would you tell me? Like, be honest. Like what, what, 
was significant that is worth that comes to mind for you to catch me up on what I missed? Uh, well, okay, fine. Dolph Ziggler attacked Theory at the end. He, I, I think, presumably turned babyface. Um, hmm, let me see here. Um, Brock Lesnar showed up. That was something. That's not significant at all. What it's did he accomplish? What, just uh, the fact that he showed up and talked about hogs? What, what, what was accomplished from, from his appearance? What changed the story from, from, from his appearance today? Um, there's, there's a way to beat Roman Reigns. It involves his heart being ripped out through his ass. So, so sure, okay, if you, really, like, if you really want to hear that line, yeah, maybe that might be a reason. But you did not need this. Like in the Wikipedia article for this feud, if there even is one, th- tonight will not be mentioned. Like, like in the, the, the in the A and E Rivals episode, uh, chronicling Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for SummerSlam 2022, this will not be a part of that segment or, or that that documentary. Okay, um, what else did we have here? Let me see. Uh, like, what what changed the course of any storyline? We had, we had Becky challenge for for a title match or request a title match at SummerSlam. It was not answered, but she threw it she out there. Requested a title match. Okay, did she not um, do that prior? It did, no. Like she's she's talked about wanting to be back in the title picture. Now she now she has a date in mind. Okay, fine, significant. Wow, um, you know, there's continued teasing. Like Don, Dominic, uh, they, they're continuing to tease Dominic potentially joining the the Judgment Day. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that that was honestly one of the better things on the show. Not so much like the Dominic stuff, but that match with Ray and Finn Balor, I thought was very good. Again, it's like, yeah, sure. Like if you're in it to just watch good action, I, I like where that story's going, though. I, I think Edge gets attached to that. I think like the Dominic stuff. What do you, I, what do you what do you like about the story itself, other than the concept? Because that thus far, that's all I'm seeing: the concept of Dominic potentially joining Judgment Day. But what exactly like are we seeing in these? scenes that that actually ma- is making it good uh i i thought there was nothing wrong with, with the promo that that finn Balor. there got. was nothing wrong but what was are you good? interested in where the story's going i would say yes i am interested too i'm interested in the concept but i would say there's hardly like any sort of like interesting tease about it that's making me that that sucked in you know anyway oh, fine okay what else what else was significant on this show um that's about it. Carmella beat Bianca Belair, I suppose, via countout. So mm-hmm. they're going to get another rematch on TV. That's not significant. Okay. Um, you know, the Edge video teased a few more names, like, or at least like they made the Edge videos made reference to like John Cena and Randy Orton and McFoley. Who just uh, noted that he did sign a new Legends deal with yeah. the company. And that's why his, yeah. uh, his merch is going off of uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Everything else was just like really kind of carrying shit along that's already been established, you know? Which is a lot for three hours. Carrying shit along. (laughs) (laughs) What a description overall. Honestly, one of the more interesting things that would have come out of this is if they were this tease of Alexa possibly losing her aggression and like trying to find it. Yet the answer, like, you know, whatever. She found it. She found it. She lost it at the two minute mark. She found it at the four. Yeah. And that was it, man. Like these, these are your three hours. And you know what? When we look at the ratings on uh, Tuesday, 
it's probably going to be number one again. If not number one, then number two in the ratings. And that tells them that they have absolutely no need to change these shows. People are going to watch just because it's there. Yeah, especially this time of the year. Next week, they are against the, the, the home run derby. So that is... That is something sizable. They they will not be winning the night uh, next next week. But um, yeah, I mean, largely for the summer, it th- this will be the case where they are going to uh, dominate on Monday nights, and we'll see if Logan Paul means anything next week. If that's uh, a kind of crossover that means a whole lot, because uh, they believe it will be, um, and and have you know gone after Logan Paul for that very reason. Uh, but yeah. I, I thought this was also like a pretty subdued crowd uh, as well. And I can't say I, I, I quite blame them, but I, I thought it was pretty lifeless at times on this show that takes a kind of match that with, with very little meaning attached to it and drags it down further when you can see the audience is not even engaged to uh, lift, lift things up uh, a bit a bit higher. So I thought that was a detriment on the show as well. Uh, feedback time. Uh, we have... <laughs> I'm sorry. The grand thoughts from Tanise. Man, was this a chore to get through. Nothing of significance happened with R-Truth being the only entertaining thing on the show. Boy, are they wasting away the good years Ray has left. An all-time great given nothing to do. Not the role I'd have for him, but at least they found something for Ciampa to do. They have to do better. Take care, guys. I thought of the same thing, and I've thought about it many times with, with Ray Mysterio in this alternate universe where he does all in. And then he does not go back to WWE afterward. If he is with AEW, I believe that this guy is probably having one of the great runs of his career over these last few years where he's working in front of gigantic, energized crowds where he is going to be treated in, the, in kind of that, that, that legend spotlight at that point and working with just imagine the, the matches he would be doing. Hopefully, like... There, there is the concern that he's had so many knee problems that mm-hmm. I think it would have been um, more taxing on him. But at the same time, this is a guy who swears on this this stem cell treatment. He's not wearing knee braces anymore. The, the other thing, he would be working with Dominic. Okay, and I'm sure Dominic, no matter where he would have gone, would have been a part of the package for this stage of his career. And I don't doubt if he even, you know, he made himself uh, available in AEW. Dominic would have probably come along with him and probably would have received at least, you know, a similar style of push being paired with his dad in tag team matches doing the occasional tag with his dad or even being relegated to dark and elevation and being able to go Mm -hmm. to indies yeah i think would be very helpful for for dominic to have that option that he could go and do indies i think he would be um that would have been of great value to him at this stage of his career now you know but hindsight is 2020 of course and um was he somebody who lost his eye actually did Ray lose his eye? Was he one of the wrestlers? Yeah, yeah, eye? but he grew it back. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, so, but, you know, there was no AEW at the time. And I think going to the you know, the, the most lucrative option really was, was going back to the WWE. And if it presented an opportunity to expose his son to a, a wider audience through the WWE on a big scale, which they have. A lot of more people know who Dominic Mysterio is. They, they We see him almost every single week. I think that was justifiable. Like he's clearly doing. Oh, so I, much I understand this. like the reasoning for it. I I think it's a more interesting question if Dominic was not in the equation and what's Ray looking for. Um, like I think he very much did want to do New Japan at, at that point. Um, and I just look at AEW that he would have been like I I truly believe like he would be protected as like this all time great 
Um, oh, and, and maybe I'd be wrong. John, John, he'd be a headliner. Like in that opening crop of guys, like in that in that inaugural roster, like he'd be at the very top with the Chris Jericho, you know, like he'd be the guy headlining your pay-per-views, potentially becoming your 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 first champion. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he, he made this decision and very well. I, I completely understand go, going this direction, too, with with mm-hmm. WWE. But I mean, it is a realization that he is. You know, he, he's in his spot in, in WWE. It's not a great spot. It's not the worst spot. But it's sort of just in the middle and not a priority, I would say. No, not at all. And again, I do get the sense like right now at this point of his career, his priority is his son, making sure that his son is being set up, using his star power to help his son. Um, And at the time, or maybe currently, he thinks the best way to do that is to be associated with the WWE. You know, the, the, the better question is when the contract comes due, when his and Dominic's contracts come due, does he think that there's a better opportunity for him elsewhere or do they... You know, do they think that, oh, okay, we're in the system right now. Let's just stay here. Well, I mean, the fact is he's he's 47. He'll be 48 by the end of this year. I mean, Dominic will not always have Ray. And th- this angle may, in fact, be expediting that in terms of getting Dominic away from Ray. And that becomes your test of where Dominic fits and b- being in a position w- without the Ray attachment. Like, where where do you see Dominic what kind of role do you see him having on his own? I think that's that's tough. And that's when you look at, okay, you've been on television for two years. And are you at the level where you, you can hang without the, the Ray attachment? The fact that they've yet to break him off. Well, maybe you could suggest a number of things. Maybe it's at the request of Ray Mysterio. Who knows? But the fact that they've yet to like have any sort of storyline with Dominic outside of Ray Mysterio. And the fact that I haven't seen the type of charisma that I think it's expected of a WWE performer of his age, nor does he have the look that I think they look for in people like an Austin theory, for instance, he, I don't think there'd be any significant role for Dominic Mysterio. Without it's tough. And you've had a year now with fans back. That was the whole thing of the, like that first year for him with like, we don't have real crowds. Maybe yeah. there's some charisma that he attaches to. And like, I'm, I'm not trying to dog him either. I think for, for his experience level, I, I think he's done a very, adequate job but i think that's the big test is going to be away from ray and maybe he will surprise us but if if you're looking at that being a debate and that he can't like how do you assess the the, these two years in terms of optimal improvement at a young part of your career and where is it best to be to be learning a craft that you're still relatively a, a novice at yeah, agreed. Absolutely. I'd I'd love to see him, you know, I'd love to see him down in NXT, to be quite honest with you. You don't develop that way. But, you know, I, I mean, there's something to be said about like national exposure and improving your star power being on mm-hmm. national TV. And he's there's, you know, there's going to be those comparisons with with Simone Johnson, who looks like like prime to start on television relatively soon and has come up in that system and and going that direct route as opposed to like this is a pretty high pressure situation for dominic who is you know the the son of a very very big legend in in the industry and starting on the main roster where i I don't feel they they feel they can go backward now yeah i like in some level i do understand that and if you're the child like a second generation star yeah yeah in some ways you'd be foolish not to accept it but there's something that feels really just disingenuous to me about like essentially kind of using these children as like bargaining chips to i don't know potentially get some sort of appearance from their parents 
you know, like maybe they, you know, they might think that they're one step closer to getting the rock on their TV. If like they have, they have the daughter on, on, but uh, anyway, will, will we get an angle where Joe Gacy kidnaps Dwayne Johnson on NXT over the next year? (laughs) Doubtful, highly doubtful. All right. Well, that will bring rewind to wrong. No, actually, I'm sorry. I, I almost missed this. We have a super chat here from Bob the Builder who sends two dollars. Thank you for the support, Bob. Who is the next AEW guy to go to WWE? Who's it going to be? Way the next AEW guy to go to WWE? Hmm. Let me think about this. Yeah. Let me think about this. Way knows the answer to. Um. I mean, you know the the the. The the big name on everybody's mind is MJF, but I don't think that's happening soon. Uh, it can happen soon. Yeah. Um I don't I don't have a guess. I can't really well, see anything. That, that's what the but, question is. Make a pure guess. That's okay, pretty pure much guess. All right. I'm gonna say um uh, one of Bear Country. Okay. Bear Bronson. I thought I thought you'd go with Bear Boulder. <laughs> sure. What about all, right. all of Roughing It? Can we oh. get Bear Bear Country and the new vicious Viking Raiders? Ooh, okay. They'd have to be something else. We'd have to come up with different adjectives. I don't know if they'd take Leon Ruff back at this point. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning into the show. We are back on Tuesday. Rewind away for members at postwrestlingcafe.com. Drive to survive the first three episodes. If you have no idea, if you just groan when we talk about F1, you can jump on board on Tuesday as we will give you uh, the – we'll start right from the beginning. We will explain who these drivers are, what the hell was going on in season one, <laughs> why were there only certain drivers that – you just had to squint and see them in the background uh, because they would not even participate on the what's this rinky dink drive to survive show. What you think I'm going to die driving drive to survive. What's this ever going to do with our, for our sport? You can find out who, who were the real ones season one who were on board immediately. And then the hangers on who jumped onto this thing season two, once it was a proven hit. Oh, there you go. The bandwagoners, the drive to survive bandwagoners. I love Toto Wolf, but you know what? Hey, guy wasn't, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see when you get a sit down with me. We're going to meet all of them way. Uh, Lawrence stroll, stroll down memory lane back to, to his days with Williams. Maybe a bit of Roman Grosjean. People who aren't even a, you know, a part of the current season said that yes. are fan favorites. His heart will grow, John. Uh, yes, we will yes. meet Daniel Ricardo, Carlos Sainz, yeah. all of them. Yes, it's been a I, while. I mean, I feel at this point, I feel like I've lived through like four different years of uh, iterations of these these people on different teams. So. It, it is a bit of um, your, your head spins a bit when you're going back four years and the different teams that everyone was attached to, like. What a different world where Daniel Ricardo is, you know, your number one driver for Red Bull. Uh, totally, yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to take it from a pretty novice's, uh, real novice perspective. Expert still. analysis. I'm going to be analyzing like the 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 gas choices of yeah. each vehicle. Oh, the gas choices. I don't know if they have gas choices. I think they could. They can only choose one. Um, <laughs> but that's that's interesting. Okay, you don't so think they get options. 
Yeah, I don't know if they get to like shop around to see who has the cheapest gas, you know, locally before they, they buy their gas. At least I don't think so. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll use this as a bit of like a way to like introduce people to the, even the idea of F1 and how it works. Because I think just the, the structure of the whole league is 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 very uh, fascinating. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to this. It should be a fun uh, review. So that's Tuesday. And then again, the G1 podcast begin uh, this Saturday, postwrestlingcafe.com. Jump on board. You will get seven G1 shows this month alone. What's I'm just picturing like <laughs> I'm picturing like Lewis Hamilton driving around checking like comparing <laughs> gas prices. He's like, yeah, Shell, you know, it's like it was, it's one eight seven. I think I can go one eight seven seven down the street. But he's like going that extra block to go to Petro Canada. <laughs> well, maybe, there there might be some teams that they are, you know, they're they're yeah, pitching pennies. Maybe. All right, uh, that is it for us. Thank you for tuning into Rewind to Raw, and we will chat with you on Tuesday. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.